What is up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of NC Raw Podcast. On this episode, we hit the road again. We traveled over to West Asheville to hang out with the crew from the Agape home for their open house event. The word agape is a term referring to love in its highest form of love. Um, It embraces a universal, unconditional love that transcends and persists regardless of the circumstances. And that is exactly what I felt walking into this home. We got to sit down and talk with the owner, um, Char Boyette, and my good friend, Miss Lauren Garvey, about what goes on in the home and kind of how it came to life. Um, The house itself is dedicated in memory of Lauren's mother, Liz. Uh, It's a female home, um, open to people in recovery, and they're like open to any pathway to recovery. It was was just an awesome conversation, an awesome day, Um, beautiful place to reside, ton of fun. You could really feel the love in the room and in the conversation. I thoroughly enjoyed talking to both Char Char and Lauren. So uh, if you're interested in connecting with them, you can contact Lauren directly at 828-417-1814. Or via email at leg52487 at gmail.com to get any information about what exactly it is that they are doing over there. So with all that being said, give it up for a conversation inside the Agape Home. Living the miracle, standing divisible, connected to God and my physical essence of my spiritual presence is visible. Totally leaving you unaware of my mental subliminal. Used to be a criminal, living so minimal. But things have changed in my life is going through different intervals. Finding that balance is significantly difficult. Timing is everything, so my timing is critical. Rhyming is literal, the unforgettable. It's why I stand before you impeccably so presentable. I give respect to you, know that I am respectable. I've always wanted acceptance, is that acceptable? I give the rival expected to be exceptional. And I'm a grown man, handle business like a professional. I am incredible, the unconventional. And you stopping me from chasing my dreams is unprofessional. The opinions expressed in this podcast are the views of the NCR team and the individuals interviewed. We do not consider ourselves to be mental health professionals. Our mission is to explore the various pathways to recovery and to give a voice to those affected by or involved in the care of substance use disorders. Some content may be mature for younger audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Ready, set, go. We're good. Hello, friends. What's happening? What's up? Hey. We took a trip over to Asheville from our usual broadcasting location of rural Jackson County to visit with our friends, Miss Lauren Garvey mm-hmm. and Sh- Char. Hey. Where are you from, Char? I was born in Michigan, raised in Florida, and I was came out in Moore County. Moore County. Fantastic. And a very, very, very close friend of the show, Mr. Bill Rhodes. Thank you. Thank you. The legend. Res Hope. Res Hope. Representing the Res Hope. He, um, my dude Bill, he, uh, he was one of like the, our first contacts. His wife was on the show at the very, very beginning. Really? 
Um, he took our first like first little photo shoot, yeah, first little right. professional yeah. shots uh, a while back. So um, I was excited when I showed up. Actually, I, I had previously talking to talked to Sherry, and I knew that she mentioned you guys might be coming because I wanted to deliver that package. Yeah, to you guys. right. So when I saw you walk out the door, here it is. When I saw you walk out the door, when I pulled up, I got very excited. So we are broadcasting from the Agape Home yes. in West Asheville. Are we in West Asheville? We're in West Asheville. The, the of West Asheville. heart of West Asheville. <laughs> the heart of West Asheville. Yeah. Um, a new recovery home in the community. Correct. Spin the camera around and show the outside. If anybody's tuning in live right now on Facebook, you guys are having an open house today. Yes. Let's, yes just get, let's just get that stuff out of the way. What's happening today? What do you plan to do? What's your goal? And who's who's invited? All right. So I think for everybody's invited. Uh, we want to invite, you know, the community, the recovery community, uh, whoever really to just check out, you know, our home or location, learn a little about, about what our goals are here and, um, you know, just getting the word out there about Agape, you know, kind of where, where we come from with it. Now you two have a history. You two? Oh, yeah. How'd you how'd you guys connect? I love this story. It's one of my favorite stories. Mm -hmm. um, it's, I've been telling it quite a quite a bit this last week. Um, <clears throat> I had uh, went into jail. I think I think it was about my fortieth visit to Buncombe <laughs> County Jail. You want me to should, should I, you want me to search to verify real quick? Oh, we, I, got I got papers downstairs. <laughs> okay. Do you have um, a brick with your name on it or something? Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, and. Um, you know, the the last time around in jail, I, I told a story actually when I when I told my story a little bit. But what 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 it was is Shara came in and she did a group for Sunrise. Uh, it just so happens that now I do that group too. So I want to talk about a full circle. But um, I I walked into this group and one of my one of my people that I was locked up with they said, uh, "Why don't you just come to this group, get out of your cell?" And I said, "All right, fine." And you know, how long had, how long had you been there before you? Decided maybe, maybe to just a week or two. Uh -huh. Still, still feeling pretty rough, but um, but I went in there. I think my arms were crossed. I remember how angry I was feeling, mm. and uh, I heard Shar say, "You know, you don't have to live like that anymore." And for some reason that day, I heard that, and I heard the passion. I seen the colorful shoes. I just everything just about Shar. I, I felt it in here, you know, and um. She was also the first lady that I can even remember, or probably my entire addiction that I looked at, and I said, I need help, and I don't know what that looks like. But something about that approach, that non-judgmental, compassionate approach allowed you to open up to asking for that help from Shaw. It was a miracle. Yeah. And now, you guys are teamed up. Now we're teamed up. At the Agape yeah. Home. The home of love, home of love, delivering that same level of compassion, that same level of well, your shirt says it, love. Love, well, that's what right it's there. all about. Yeah. How long have you been doing, doing that type of work, going into the jails or talking to? Wow, you know what? I I just happened to pull something out of my closet the other day. I hadn't worn it in a long time, and I reached in the pocket and I pulled out a note, and it was from someone, um, maybe. 15 years ago, and um, 
you know, I had returned to use after that, but she wrote me this letter and I had stuck it in my pocket and it was telling me how much she appreciated me because I had come into the Moore County Jail. Um, and I didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't a certified peer support specialist, but I, I just wanted uh, other women to know that, like Lauren said, we, we don't have to live like that anymore. And I was just so overwhelmed with gratitude and I, I still am today that, you know, I look a lot different today, but um hasn't been too long ago that, you know, I was walking the streets uh, dirty without a place to lay my head and prostituting for survival. And um and so I have a heart for women and um and to and to share that love, the blessings that I've received, the in recovery to just open that up and share it with others that um, makes that hope come alive. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think that there's just something so powerful in the, um, and that's where like this whole like peer support, peer approach thing is so valuable. Mm -hmm. Is that like when somebody is at their most vulnerable point of their life, another individual can walk into their life and meet them and tell them, hey, I've been there. I know what it's like. You know, yeah. let me let me love you. Yeah. Right. For who you are, the way that you are yeah. right now. Right, right now. now. And let's do this thing. Mm -hmm. Let's do this thing together. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas like social workers and therapists and things like that, there could be like potential barriers and longer periods of time to where that window might not still be open mm -hmm. to like deliver that message and yeah. to like have that that love or compassion be felt right. and truly like embraced and like have that potential for change mm -hmm. it's a beautiful story yeah um it's, and while we're on the subject uh just last thursday we went into the jail and we were we were emailed a question from the director they they asked us what are some things that you heard the ladies say about what what the groups do for them and what they what they bring to the table and so we went in there and, and we asked them directly we said what are some things that really stand out for you or that are helpful for a group? And every single lady said, watching somebody like you that has been here, been there, done that, and is out there doing the thing, that is, that's what's most helpful to us because there's a huge difference in, um, you know, someone coming in like a lawyer or, you know, someone with their master's or whatever mm -hmm. it is and someone that's just like, I've been there, you know, so... Yeah, definitely, definitely a, a level of barriers or separation mm -hmm. from that like interpersonal connection that's so needed at that time. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of like why we do this podcast. Like I had been in school pursuing a CSAC and like looking into counseling and I just saw like so much, I don't know, it wasn't, after going through those motions, I saw that it wasn't. It wasn't what I wanted to do. It wasn't. Mm -hmm. It wasn't where I could be most, reach my full potential, affect the most amount of people that I can, or touch the touch the most people that I can. Yeah. Um. So I told I can totally relate to that. How did this concept come to life? This agape home. Like, where did the idea come from? And then, what steps did you like take to? To get the doors open, right? Well, um, 
So my husband and I actually let's give him husband, some love real quick. Let's give him some love. Greg, Greg. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> what's up, Greg? Uh, so he he and I met in a recovery house in Wilmington uh, in 2010, and um, and you know I we didn't stay on the pathway to recovery. There's been a lot of uh, ins and outs and ups and downs along the journey, but um, he married me while I was in prison, and. Um, and so, uh, since then, we just celebrated five years of marriage. But uh, as a part of our journey of recovery together, we have shared that desire to want to continue to sh- spread the message, to mm-hmm. carry the message, um, and to use whatever resources we have to do that. And um, and our supervisor, Dr. Brack Jeffries, he, we were in a um, circle one day and he said, you know, I'm, I think I'm ready to let go of this house. And I just timidly raised my hand and Lauren said, I want to rent it. And I said, well, we, we might could do something. And, um, and the next thing you know, here we are. And, um, and so then, you know, the three of us, Lauren is a part of our family now. And so, um. She makes really a lot of this possible for us um, because of her (laughs) many ways of connecting uh, with people through the Internet. And um, and uh, this is Gizmo. He's about to get him a girlfriend next month. Yeah. Yeah. So but uh, so the three of us together, you know, we have spent a lot of time in in thought and meditation and and prayer and. coming up with a name and we've come up with 10,000 names but really we all three share the belief that it's love that changes that changed us and uh continues to change uh, people's lives and so we wanted to and Lauren's wearing her Kairos shirt which we've done a lot of Kairos prison ministries and we learned a lot about agape while we were uh serving in Kairos in the prison and how it's love without strings attached so I, you know, the love that they taught us about is, you know, available to us from power that we can't see, touch, feel, or understand. Um, and uh, that's where we really, I think, came up with a solid, solid agreement that we wanted this to be called the House of Love, the Agape Home. And uh, it's just a home where my husband and I, we own it and we just open it up to guests. We're not a business and we're not trying to make money or... Uh, we just really want to uh, love on some women and see their lives change. And, and the reason why we chose women is primarily because it's the women who are the leaders in their families. And so in order to really affect the most change, we we wanted to uh, to touch the women who will then affect their children. And so... Um, that's that's kind of the story from my perspective. I don't know. Maybe maybe Lawrence is a little different. <laughs> Definitely, just like uh, I can I can speak from an actual experience I had last week at our uh, weekly um, <clears throat> meeting that we have, the house meeting, and when I was hearing the girls talk about the compliments they were getting at work. It took me back to, like, I remember back in the beginning, like, ha- like feeling a part of something and having, you know, Billmore was a big part of my, my the beginning of my work career in recovery and how much, you know, they really encouraged me, you know, and 
sometimes those words were what got me through some really hard times. And I'm I'm glad that they're able to relate, like hearing like, man, I'm doing really good at my job. They're like, they told me they wish there was two of me. And I know how that feels to get compliments. You know, mm-hmm. I still enjoy my compliments, mm-hmm. but you know, when you're so vulnerable and you're in that early part, it, it can really make the difference. Extremely empowering. Yes. When you need it the most. When you need it, yeah. What's the process been like for like admissions or for getting opening those doors to allow people to come in like friends to stay over yeah where are you where are you where are the who is who is facilitating these sleepovers <laughs> lauren has been uh, the one on the front really i work two jobs my husband you know he's he has some things that he can't do because he's not a female. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, but <laughs> so um, Lauren's really been on the front uh, front line with that, and we're super grateful for her. And you know, we're just trying to reach out and let our um, our recovery family know that hey, here we are, and um, and so we have four beds available right now. But for me, the the so far, it um, we're learning as we go, and we've had a couple of girls. Um, slip and i we all learned a lot from that so you know we we only were able to respond in the ways that uh, from our own experiences and but that's not what we want to do here as we're called to a higher love we really want to be able to support folks um so if they have a slip it, what i learned from that and how i'll apply it in the future is if someone here has a slip then then I want to offer them opportunity to go to the Behavioral Health Urgent Care at RHA mm-hmm. and to begin a detox process again. And then after that is complete, no minimum of three days, if they're test clean, then we want to have them come back. Mm-hmm. And that's completely different from what I've experienced in Oxford houses because, you know, they give you like eight minutes to get your stuff and get out. And I've been left sitting on the on the sidewalk in front of the house. With in, everything you own. Yeah. And, nowhere, and nowhere to go. In trash bags. Uh, yeah. Right. And that has caused me uh, to go backwards quite a bit and took me years to work through the resentments. Going to, going to a detox facility was the last thing on your mind at that point. Right. Well, you know, um, just the opportunity to be that loving presence to say, you know, this is not the end of the world. You still are valuable. You know, you are still worthy of love. And how can I love you right now? And, you know, and the process of learning about the disease of addiction is that, you know, we human beings up underneath that ad- addiction is we're we're wonderful human beings. Mm-hmm. Goodness sakes, we're wonderful human beings. But to be able to speak in into with love to find that person under the addiction to to communicate on that heart to heart level and to, to explore a solution. Um, that doesn't require all that additional brokenness. Yeah. None of us need any more brokenness in our lives. None of us need any more judgment in our lives. Like I have a full-time person in my head doing that for me all the time. I don't need somebody. Don't we all? Yeah. Don't we all? Just one? Right. Right. (laughs) Thanks, Bill. Exactly. (laughs) You're a slacker. (laughs) There you go. Right. It's taking a lot of work to get down to one. Yeah. Yeah. So So we just want to be that love. um, And we learn from that. And so um, we have multiple pathways of recovery here. So we're not only abstinence-based. If abstinence-based works for somebody, then yay, hallelujah, happy for you. Uh, But we're also open to 
medication assisted treatment and um any other pathway and any cool. other pathway yeah. mm -hmm. not here of course because it's just friends staying over Exactly. Yeah. Well, whatever their pathway to recovery is, as yeah. long as they're not going to uh, endanger their recovery, my recovery, or my husband's recovery, or Lauren's recovery, um, then, you know, they're welcome here. One of the things, like, you're just really, like, honing in on this, like, this uh, approach of love, right? And it's something that it's, it's, it's difficult in a sense that it being an active addiction we've had so much kind of damage done to us so much so many betrayals internally and externally that but we also crave love and we crave that kind of affection that unconditional love that non-judgmental um non-judgmental love and compassion and um it's hard to like it's hard to overcome some of the resistance and like earn that trust like you really have to approach it delicately like and authentically i think is the is what i'm looking for is like that authentic approach like when you walked into that jail and talked to lauren for the very first time you know i lauren's instincts told her that whatever you were saying to her was authentic and so because of that, she was able to reach out for reach out and ask for additional help or ask for ask for, you know, some direction in what should I do next? Like what what's up? What's next on the play? Like, where do I go? Where do I where do I start? You know, and like for so many people, that's like that's a, a make or break point, a make or break point in our story. Um, but in this. What has become in this recovery air quotes industry, right? It's difficult to judge who is authentic and who is financially yeah. motivated. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like, or taking their old addiction into a new level of, of yeah. getting other people involved in it. Too. Absolutely. Yeah. So many, so many different angles. Yeah. You know, and that, the authenticness is, I think, the key to this, what's happening here. And so I guess what I'm getting at is like, how do you, it takes a level of kind of self-awareness, right? right. Mm -hmm. And not to be like um, distracted by everything that's going on and everything that's happening because like we're, we're, we're all being of service. We're all doing what we feel right now is best for the community for the people who are still out there for whoever we interact with but at the same time it's so easy to be to become distracted with the work that we're doing mm -hmm. right so like how do you how do you maintain that level of self-awareness right to like continue with this authentically compassionate approach because it has to be difficult at times it has to be somewhat chaotic oh, at yeah, times especially course. anything that's new anything that's any new adventure and i mean this is a beautiful home you gave me a grand tour an hour ago <laughs> this thing's gorgeous it takes a level of like self-awareness to like maintain that 
maintain that balance and to continue on with the same direction that you like originally had, right? right? So like, how do you monitor that? What do you do? That's for both you guys. <laughs> well, it kind of goes back and forth. And uh, me, myself, I uh, am better on some days than on others. And so, and I have definitely had very challenging moments since uh, this thing uh, started a month ago when uh, we signed the papers. And so uh, I, Lauren and Gray hold me accountable in many ways, but I also have, uh, you know, I would think a pretty robust system of self-care for myself. And whenever I've recognized that, whoa, I'm out of my resiliency zone, then I have increased my self-care. And so I started going back to massage. I have my own, you know, spiritual disciplines that I practice in the morning every day. I have meditation that I do every day, a heart-based meditation. I have a, a, a lot of supports. I've reached out to Richie Tannerhill and Ed Rubenstein and some of my superheroes who come alongside me to, uh, to lift me up and remind me who I am and what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. Uh, I, I, go, I have a, a wonderful faith community at First Baptist Church that has really been very supportive of us in this and uh, no judgment, no expectation for the love they've poured out into our lives. But there have just been a lot of people who have, have as we have let people know what we're doing, they've pressed in to say, how can I help? How can I love you? How can I help support you? How can I keep you whole during this process? But it is true. It has been challenging. We've gotten some things from the city of Asheville. We've had several different types of calls come in. Um, it's kind of like learning as you go. It too. is learning uh -huh. as we go. And so, on the job. you know, just, just, you know, making it clear that what we're doing here, it's not about trying to, uh, have a religious house or trying to indoctrinate people. I mean, if I were to call myself some type of a spiritual leader, I would call myself a chaplain, some a counselor, um, a spiritual counselor. That's who I am. Uh, I'm not a preacher or an evangelist. I'm not trying to get anybody to believe that way the way I believe. I just want folks to be able to connect to that love from the source of love, whatever however they to pick their own and make it authentic thank you very much yeah. and then practice that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. demonstrate that yes. for those who choose to sure. come hang out with you guys here mm -hmm. um, so that they can find out for themselves mm -hmm. that they're lovable and they're worthy of love and then share that love with others mm -hmm. i'm all about finding out what works for you like, uh -huh. and figuring it out on your own through like empowerment of others like mm -hmm. others empowering you to like put the pieces of the puzzle together like we got like maybe there's like a table over there and there's like five different puzzles with all the pieces on the table. And you got to put the puzzle together on your own. If Bill Rhodes comes to me and says, Steve, this is the way that, that you're going to do it. This is what's going to yeah. work for you. I'm going to be like, fuck you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> you know <what> I'm <laughs> like, for real. Yeah. That's just how my mind works. That's how I've always worked my uh, entire life. Uh, but if Bill said, hey. But you would say that to me anyway. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But if Bill said, hey, Steve, let's pull up a chair and let's do this puzzle together. I would yeah. be like, yeah, dude. That's, that totally sounds like something that I would like enjoy doing today mm -hmm. and tomorrow. And like, let's do this, man. Next thing we know, we have five puzzles put together yeah. on the yeah. table. That's just how it works mm -hmm. um, for me. And like you hit on something that I that I've loved in seeing this whole process mm -hmm. happen from a distance is that like you mentioned all the individuals from the community coming together and like mm -hmm. wanting to 
wanting to like be of service and like, how can we help? What can we do? And like, um, I remember almost a year ago, Sherry Barker was on the podcast. She was talking. Hi, Sherry. I love you, Sherry. <laughs> love you, Sherry. <laughs> and she was talking about the hope chests yeah. on our podcast, right? And then, like, next thing I know, a year later, hmm. you guys are like putting hope We're chests together. Yep. Like, what? So, what's that all about? Well, uh, that's mainly in, in honor of our daughter Beth, who died two years ago in January um, of addiction, and um, many, many times we found as her family, and we were trying to support her through her battle with addiction and going to different. Um, treatment centers and sober living houses and whatever else, every time she would go there, she would lose everything she had. Everything. Because she was doing illegal squats in trailers and living under a bridge and whatever, you know, and couch surfing or whatever. And you can't take anything with you to to um, detox. So everything would be put in a trash bag. The sheriff's department would say, yeah, yeah, you'll get it later. And they threw it away. Gone. And we're talking about shampoo. We're talking about soap. We're talking about uh, hygiene products of all kinds. Just the basic just stuff, right? Yeah. yeah, just stuff that you need to live day to day and, and try to get yourself to look good, to feel better about yourself. So obviously coming out of detox, you've got nothing. And I don't even think they give you pajamas there, do they? I don't even know what they do anymore. But um, I hear this from people all the time that they don't have anything. They just have whatever clothes that they had when they came in. And that may be, you know, Minimum. Minimum, yeah. And it may be nasty because who knows what kind of situation they were in when they went there. And um, so when people come to a place like this, it's just about giving them stuff to work with that is given in love from us to think you are a good person. This is this is your stuff. Do whatever you want with it. This is your, it's a plastic box. Maybe I bring one in here. Sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let me go get one. It's go just ahead. something like that's super empowering to like just having stuff possessions like things mm. that, that that are yours yeah. right there's especially it's just, when they walk in yeah when mm. you walk in the door like you talk about coming from love like that's love like here we have this for you it's a gift for it's you it's a gift for you welcome there's no expectations there are no strings attached it's yours. i do not expect anything you. in return this is for you yeah i'm not <laughs> looking for anybody to study the quran or anything like that <laughs> <laughs> but what we do is we put can you hear me okay yeah we can okay. hear you okay we uh get a blanket we give them a nice fuzzy blanket very and soft. Shampoo. Cuddly. Socks. Uh, hair thingies. Hair thingies. So every girl <laughs> what needs what every girl needs a hair thing, thing of hair thingies. thingies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're even covered with fabric. Good yeah. job, Bill. Uh, Good job, hey, Sherry. Like yeah. I picked those out actually. Uh, hand cream, colored pencils, uh, a couple pens, uh, a pretty composition book. So the big thing a lot of people do in recovery is writing. Journaling, yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, deodorant. Uh, oh, this is a nice one here. This is a special pillowcase that our friend uh, uh, Stephanie Shook makes, and uh, so cool. She mm-hmm. makes these in her house, and she gives them to us to put in the bag. Mm. And they are absolutely incredible. There are little roses on here. Yeah, this you can't see this it. This really cool. Mm-hmm. And every one of them is different. They're all made with different scraps of fabric. So she's a quilter. Handmade. Handmade yeah. pillowcase that they it's theirs. You know. And of course, we got the other stuff like well, we got cat slippers this time. You know, so. <laughs> I, got, I got some unicorn ones. Yeah, she got unicorn ones last time. Yeah, a toothbrush, toothpaste, more hair thingies, whatever you call these things. I call them pains in my feet because I step on them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, towel and feminine stuff. And this is something that you guys are going to be continuing to 
Yes. It's collect. A, it's a, for lack of a better word, to go to the first, first Baptist word, a ministry. That ministry. We decided if we mm-hmm. want to do. And uh, we'd love to have, we'd love to expand it and do it to more places uh, and get more people in, in on it. So yeah. So if people are interested in helping that might be tuning in, they could contact your wife or yourself, yep. Sherry Barker yep. or mm-hmm. Bill Rhodes right. on Facebook. Yep. Send them a private message. and Or through you and you can tell them. Yeah, we yeah, can, we can connect you. Too. We yep. can connect you to them and um, I'm sure they would take any type of donations. Oh yeah, anything. Yep. To put in these in these hope chests. Like, like I was saying, like, it's just super empowering to like have have something. I remember like uh, a couple of days into my stay, at a treatment center in Ocala, Florida. Uh-huh. And um, it was very institutionalized. It was run um, by the Department of Corrections. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, well, I got in my dorm room and I'm just like laying in there looking around. I'm like, man, this is very prison-like. You know, brick <laughs> yeah, walls. Yeah. And um, so I was, they took us to Walmart every Saturday. they take us out. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, I need something in my room to like, give me life yeah and so i bought a little bonsai tree at walmart snuck mm. snuck it back in right <laughs> put it in my room and like that thing just like got me through just mm. by having a little plant a little bit of life a little bit of yeah. life i put it up yep. in the window yeah. watered it you know and just like talked to it meditated with it and like that thing really got me through mm. like um some of the most difficult times of that of that stay there it was yeah. just by having that li- that little bit of life and i could f- even like my, my two roommates i could feel them kind of like breathing off of it yeah. right and like it, it, a certain level of energy um that was created in that room and those two guys they weren't too excited they weren't as excited as i was to be, be to be there like yeah. they, they might not have been it might have been more of like going through the motions and like might not have been their time right? might not have been yeah. there quite their time <laughs> yeah but um like you know it just it did something while we were while we were in there, well, the, the thing is, is, is when you go from having nothing to having this stuff that somebody has just said here, uh, I mean, it's just got to be. I, I can't even imagine because nobody ever did that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never really had that uh, that experience uh, other than military when they here. <laughs> this is all yours, <laughs> but they expected something in return. Yeah, they did. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> but um, and they got it. <laughs> In spades. <laughs> but um, um, there was a, somewhere I was headed with that. was uh, Oh, yeah, I, I think thinking back to when we were taking Beth all over and uh, back and forth to different places. And it always happened at night. And it was always without any warning. I, I got to go to treatment. It's time to go. To, I want to go. I want to get clean. Okay, fine. So off we, we get her, res, rescue her from whatever hellhole she was in at the time. Um Get her away from that and away from her abusive friend, friends, and um, get her going on the right way and stop at Walmart. And it's always usually when we had like two nickels to rub together and maybe some gas in the tank, but not always, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was a matter of finding the stuff and uh, paying for the stuff and getting her getting her on the right way. And uh, uh, it really made a difference for her. Even though she eventually did succumb to uh, addiction, she uh, she made a good go of it a couple times, mm-hmm. um, and I, I like to think it's because we were there for again. That's that unlimited, um, united, unlimited, unlimited, and um, universal hope mm-hmm. uh, and love that we gave her. 
Uh, of course, it didn't mean we didn't have rules. I mean, she couldn't bring friends to our house. She couldn't. In fact, she didn't know where our house was for a couple of years. We moved and we didn't really let her know. Um, because, you know, obviously. Uh, we all know that some people in addiction do things that they don't mean to do, like help themselves to their brother's change and his Xbox and phones and whatever else. You know, it's all fair game. Um, and, you know, we all know that. It's not a big deal. But you can still love somebody with rules and with, um, I don't like the word tough love. Uh, I think it's better to call it, um, to go to um, a um, Buddhist word, which is, um, uh, sorry, my brain's not working so well right now. Um, <laughs> Boundaries. <whew>. Uh, <laughs> There we go. Um, boy. Acceptance. There we go. Uh, radical acceptance. Radical okay. acceptance. Sorry, my brain yeah, is kind of... That's all good. Right? <laughs> that's a good one. Um, and radical acceptance is really, in spite of the fact that I couldn't remember it, but it's really what's helped me through my uh, time. When I hit that, I read that, and I said, whoa, and I read it again, and I got another whole book on it, and I read that, and I was just like, jeez, this is really, this is the shit right here. Mm. And it really just got the point. And for those who don't know, it's means you accept everything mm. you don't say yes or no to it it just is mm. and it's just like anything else that tree there i may not like where that tree is but it's there and there's nothing i can do about it yeah short of cutting it down which you know but it's a difficult practice yes it is it's not it's easy something different it's a difficult skill i would call it a skill it's yeah a difficult it's definitely skill, a skill to learn yeah. um i also i've read that book yeah and it is a phenomenal read um it's difficult to apply, especially in times of chaos. Yeah. Um, and just like little things will come up today. <clears throat> I live up at the top of a mountain. It's about 15 miles up and down. It takes about 25 minutes to get up and down. And me and Bianca, we drove separate cars to the bottom of the mountain to come over here. Well, I made it like halfway down. I was in the front of the the train mm -hmm. and I made it about halfway down the mountain. And I realized I forgot something that, oh. I, that I needed for this, <laughs> for this package right here. And so, like, Steve, four years ago, would have been, like, just, what the fuck? Beating myself up over it and just, like, like Yeah, it would have been a breakdown. Just, it would have been a meltdown, Panic dude. attack or something, yeah. 37-year-old meltdown, yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, Wait till you have 50-year-old meltdown. That's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> and I just pulled into a driveway, and I backed out, and I pulled up to her, and I said, hey, just keep going. I'm going to go back up there. I'm going to get the thing that I need. I mean, I needed it to do this thing. It, was, right. it was, wasn't optional. Right. I'm just going to go get it. We're, we left. We set ourselves up. We have plenty of time. I'm going to meet you down there at the location where we're going to leave the other car and do all that. And it happened, and it wasn't a big deal, but it could have been a big deal. I could have made it a big deal. That was like me applying that skill to my mm -hmm. life, right? And yeah. But like having that conscious awareness to like do that on a consistent basis, that's just a little little experience that happened that wasn't a life-changing moment right. you know so right. but um, it could turn that way you and you can let it you grow on those things yes exactly you right. know you do that you apply that to your life four or five six seven times and then when you are faced with that monumental challenge i know what to do right, right. now it's i know the, where to go it's the changing of the neural pathway yeah. everything we do is a habit everything <clears throat> we do is muscle memory or brain memory or whatever and the more you do the wrong thing or well not really wrong but the bad things whatever you want to call it 
uh, the more you're going to keep doing them. Yeah. And the more you start doing the right things and the good things, you're going to keep doing those too. Yeah. And, it, and of course, it still fails. I mean, I still have meltdowns over things. And, yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm trying. Ask my wife; she'll tell you I'm real trying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me go check the comments to verify yeah, yeah, that yeah, statement. Yeah, pro- probably there already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and you just seem to like you seem the way our brains are wired. You seem to the spotlight always goes to the negative experience. Um, I took a positive psychology class last semester. Awesome. It was a, it was a phenomenal class. And one of the books that we were reading, they were talking about, and I cannot remember the theory to save my life right now, but the, basically what the gist of it is, is that um, in like the business world, like through like studies and things, research and stuff, um, they said that for, you have to like have, three to one ratio in positive to negative statements, like in business meetings mm-hmm. and conference calls and stuff like that. You have to sandwich it in three to one positive, positive to negative in order for the business to like be like financially successful and have a good quality of life for the employees and the people that, that work for you. Um, because that one negative statement yeah could like wipe out literally make or break your company right um obviously people i was in business with when i was in corporate uh situations never heard they didn't get that memo (laughs) (laughs) there's many that there's many that still haven't bill yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so like where's this thing going what's 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 on the horizon for the agape home like what are what what do you guys see happening next what are your goals what are you haven't said anything in a while. Come on, jitterbug. Any, any burning <laughs> desires? Uh, any burning desires? No, I was, I, I was getting, uh, this is off subject. I was just thinking about when me and Sherry met. You know, it was pretty, uh, it was pretty powerful too. But um, to touch basis on uh, what our goals. You can go are. anywhere you want. I was just, that was just a question. Well, I'll tell you a quick story about mm-hmm. how me and Sherry met. Cause it's pretty, it's pretty intense. Um, so I was getting online and talking about the Agape Home and. Um, just for one, the amount of support and people running into me in the, to the community mm-hmm. and going into meetings and people just being hugging me and being like, you know, you're doing so much, you're doing so great. Um, that means a lot too. And, and Sherry was one of those people, she reached out and we immediately, um, <clears throat> I don't know, like it was the way, I don't know what she, how we got on the subject, but she talked about her daughter and I, of course, talked about my mom. Had y'all ever met previously, face to face? No, no, never. Didn't even Charlene. really know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only thing we had in common, I think, was Res Hope. Yeah. And Caleb, and um, and Caitlin, and uh, so she started talking about her daughter, and I started talking about my my mom, and I think we immediately kind of had that connection of um, you know, and we you know we knew that there was a reason that we were well, talking both, on both that named day, Beth, weren't they? No, my mom's, mom's name was Liz. Liz, that's well, right. Catherine, I'm sorry. but yeah. she went by Liz. Okay. And um <clears throat> Yeah, so we just immediately had that in common and that was really cool. And you know, when we did finally meet, it was it was really nice to have that. Um to have that. But uh what are our goals? Well, I think our goals right now are trying to get, you know, people in the home and to, to you know, keep empowering women and, and all that. Uh now you're currently residing here, right? Yes, uh-huh. I reside here. Um, of course, you know 
working full time job. So you're talking about self care. I guess I take two week vacations when I need self care. Go on, tell me about it. <laughs> tell me about it. Uh, I just yeah. recently Mena. got back from She's Maine. A Mena. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got to see, and I I said something about this trip too. You know, um, was this your first trip home? This was in recovery. This was not my first trip home. This was my first trip home. Um, that I was just going for uh, to visit my family. Without it, like an agenda for a specific reason. Yeah, last time it was because my mother and um and I I can I still I don't know if I have a really good memory, but I can still remember those feelings like when I got around my family, like I was grateful, but then there was like resentments coming up, and there was pain, and there was, and I of course me I was put I was putting it all down. I wasn't really talking about it. Who's I mean I wasn't gonna talk about it with them, you know. Before or this this trip? No, Water. this is the trip before. Okay. So then Water, some time went by, you know, um, worked on some things, and I finally was out there with my family, and it just felt, it felt normal. It felt like it was home. You know, I was joking with my nanny, giving her a hard time. You know, she's giving me a hard time, you know, trying to tell me I wasn't putting the dishes in the dishwasher right, <laughs> you know, just, just stuff like that, you know, and I love it. I absolutely love it, you know. Nanny was one of those people, like, if you want to do it right, do it right the first time kind of people, yeah. you know. Um, Old school, baby. Yeah, and uh, I love that, you know. <laughs> she's 97, she still goes wow. up and down the stairs, like quick as a whistle like you know just it's she's just amazing and, and it finally it was two weeks there was a lot of fun times and there was a lot of times she's just hanging out too and it was and then of course my sister too you know we finally um i told her about things and i mean i didn't hide nothing i told her at all and they had no idea how bad it was because mm-hmm. they were so far away i just didn't really uh didn't really share I, dro- it, I dropped right? off it wasn't a matter yeah. of them not I, it's a hard one to answer, mm-hmm. but for me, on my end, it was, I just dropped off the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. That was my way of dealing with that. But And you were able to enjoy some of that beautiful outdoor landscape yeah. I saw, huh? Yeah, I went ice boating. Pictures, pictures of your grandmother were great. I think yes. She's, yes. <laughs> she's awesome. She looks sweet, right? <laughs> yeah. no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she's so sweet. Um, but yeah, so I had a great trip. It was it was everything. It, was, it meant everything to me. Crushing it on the snowbar. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Ten yeah. years I hadn't been on it. I had to get on there, and you saw me bragging a little. Oh, bit. I saw yeah. you bragging. There was a little bit of bragging going on, <laughs> but I was so proud of myself. You know, I was able to get on that thing, and like I'd never stopped. It felt good. I spoke into the riot, didn't it? Yeah. It was. Yeah. That was a little scary. Yeah. It's, it's a little freaky. You realize you're like two inches above the ice and doing like eighty miles an hour. Oh my like, god. Yeah. And, my, and I don't know how to do it, so it's I'm like, nuts. oh, we should probably tell you how to stop. I'm like. Yeah. Yeah. You might want to told me that yesterday. <laughs> yeah, so we we uh, we wanted to dedicate the house to Lauren's mm-hmm. mom, Liz. Um, you know, just that amazing love, huh? That lives on in Lauren's heart mm-hmm. from her mother, and you know the remarkable gift to me of watching her go through that uh, without picking up a drug or a drink to numb the pain. It was inspiring. That's so beautiful. You took yeah. it upon yourself to to do it, to name it the house, to recognize the house after her. And we've had women sit at this table at our house meetings and talk about, even though they're so early in recovery, how amazing it is for them to be reconciled in relationship with their family. Like when little girl said, I had 
I had a real conversation with my mom for like the first time in, I can't even remember. Like I wasn't asking her for anything. I didn't ask her for any money. It was like, <laughs> we just really connected. And another woman sat at the table and talked about what it was like for her to be invited to her son's graduation and for her mom to actually help her out without, you know, condemning her, judging her, yelling at her, just that their relationships are being reconciled. And the other little uh, young, she's not a little girl, she's a young woman, but she brought her um, her four-year-old son yesterday. Mm. And he was just so adorable. <laughs> and uh, he doesn't give hugs because he was raised in Scotland. He gives cuddles. <laughs> and so, um, yes, yes. <laughs> just uh, cuddles. Mm-hmm, cuddles, <laughs> yes, like gizmo. <laughs> so, uh, he was so adorable. But to, you know, that's where my heart has been for a couple of decades. Like, I, I wanted to have an opportunity to, to support women um, because of the connection with children and families and. Um, that was actually my daughter who called in while we were doing this and how wonderful that is when I was in prison and, you know, she, she didn't talk to me and said she never wanted to talk to me again. That's interesting. But one thing that I think that we do in the West and I'm not totally, I'm not an expert on all <laughs> cultural things and all that, but I know in America we do it. People don't have a basis to deal with this stuff. When yeah. things go wrong, we don't tell people, in school or in anywhere. We don't tell them. Even psychologists have this problem. I mean, they come home and stuff's going wrong, and they do the same thing. Like, I, you, 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 you know, and that is not the things we need to do. We need to go, all right, okay. And I'm not perfect either. I mean, I've certainly done my share of, you know, but uh, um, it's a real shame that we don't teach basic, uh, I don't even know what we call that. Um, Just like life skills. Life almost, skills, yeah. there you go. Yeah, for lack of a better word, yeah. And, what happens when things go wrong? Because they will in your life. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be as extreme as what drug addicts or alcoholics face. But it, everything is, is, as we say in refuge, everything else suffering is suffering. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter what it is or what it's from. Everyone suffers at some level over something. We just have these like false sense of expectations right. for, for like life and what life should be. And even like you know, growing up as a kid, like everybody's parents were like, well life's not fair life won't be fair but is that how you should really like deliver that message no or can the message be delivered from a place of love right like can you be taught that like this is how it is boom right how can we um radically accept this right experience for what it is what can we learn from it yeah what can i learn from this like most the most difficult time of my life yeah what can i learn from the loss of my daughter what can i learn from the loss of my mother that i can apply and then share with the world not just like learn and, and keep it to myself but give it away to somebody else like what you guys are doing here on mm-hmm. a daily basis i just wrote on the board hope is a wish coupled with the expectation it will become a reality absolutely and you know we believe in i believed in lauren when i first met her and she was like wow i can't believe you you know it's like you believed in me and you know and i still believe in her even in you know and people believe in me and i think the same thing like what are you doing believing yeah. in me? You've been in here? I mean, right. Seriously. <laughs> you, you, you wouldn't want to be in there, believe me. Yeah, it's the goodness that is that is a part of us in our hearts, all of us, that, you know, taking away the addiction piece. Like, once we can get that under, you know, oh, it's separated from who we are. Like, right. just that beautiful thing that comes out. <laughs> uh-huh. So, um, 
Uh-huh. And, it, and it's also another problem we had with Beth, too, is that many people have got addiction and mental health problems. Very, very few. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> everybody, everybody at this table. <laughs> I mean, um, but um, they don't recognize that. It's like the, the psychologists don't recognize that addicts have uh, psychological problems and the addictionologists don't believe they, you know, it's just that they treat, it's it's so frustrating because it's, it's like the hammer thing, like the hammer analogy. Mm-hmm. The whole world looks like a nail when you're a hammer. Well, I mean, I think about Richie Tanner Hill and he is a hero to me Mm -hmm. because he was the first person who who I saw with similar behaviors. Right. He has a lot of energy. I have a lot of energy and people have always looked at me as if that was a problem. But I saw him demonstrating it as a strength. Right. Like, Like, well, I can do this. Yeah. yeah, Uh Like uh, to turn that thing around, whatever it is that, you know, it's it's big. And I have big energy around certain areas. Right. Like so if I have a tendency to control now, I'm a great manager (laughs) (laughs) to be able to turn these things around, to use them as strengths in my life, to, you know, benefit others. Just like, you know, I can say today, yeah, I, I I, I'm a double winner. I have mental health challenges and substance abuse challenges. Uh, but what that does today is it allows me to make that connection that you were talking about mm-hmm. earlier, exactly. Stephen, with people, right. because I understand what that is. I might not have exactly the same experiences that they have, but I can feel what that's like. I remember what that was like to feel so alone and so afraid that nobody could could get me like I was just so damaged like I was too far gone mm-hmm. <laughs> and then having someone come into my life that said um, my my sponsor um, mama Pat she said uh, she grabbed she like inserted herself in my life I was you know she was like you <laughs> yeah. come here and yeah. um, you know and so um and and to say and she you know she didn't give up on me when I went to prison you know she wasn't surprised when I called from the jail and um you know she taught me how to let my daughter vent just let her tell me all the things I've done wrong to disappoint her and hurt her in her life and just let her be angry she she has the right to be angry golly she has a lot to be angry at me for and to just listen and go yeah you're right you are so right and you know um and to just be able to own that, take responsibility for it in my life, like to work the steps of recovery and uh, and and to be able to stand in my own space, recognizing all those things I've done in my life that I regret so much. But yet having that hope, that wish that I could be a different kind of person and then seeing those wishes day after day become a reality like I am walking the life that I I only dreamt of like this is who I want to be I want to be a person of character a person who uh, is able to love despite the challenges who's able to come back and say you know what I I didn't handle that really well and I I just need to apologize to you for that and how can I make it up to you because I could have done that better and uh and so um Yeah, going back to the question that you had about all these challenges and how are we managing it and how are we continuing to walk in love, um, Lauren was gone for two weeks. And and so, um, boy, how did that ever make me so much more grateful for Lauren when she came back? Um, So it's hard to know, you know, what you have until it's missing, right? And so when she was stepped away, then I realized, oh, my gosh, Lauren does so much. Like, she, uh, just her presence in my life is you know, um, 
important for my <laughs> for my continuing to to be able to manage all these stressors and pressures pressures and um and to maintain the open heart stance um and and so i don't she has a way of staying calm and uh, she exercises a lot that's how she yeah. manages it yeah. so she works it all out at the gym <laughs> <laughs> caleb you heard that yeah, look, Caleb knows Caleb? we, we update oh, yeah. each other once in a while. Um, I was trying to find the. Uh, it's just it's. I know it's some not written by Jesse. Oh, here it is, right here. Uh, I am somebody. Remember, I am somebody. somebody. Right, I am somebody. somebody. There you go, uh, Jesse Jackson. <laughs> Beloved child of God. Yeah, Jesse Jackson used to do that a lot, but it's a poem written by uh, uh, Pastor. William Borders um, in the fifties. Oh, you're getting low. How long? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> How long are you guys going to be here today? So the open house is taking place currently. Yeah, it's currently uh-huh. going on. So um, I, 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 I just wanted wanna... to feed some people some food. That's yeah, what we got I was food. That's what I wanted. To, I wanted to reset real quick. If for anybody that's tuning in that's local and wants to swing by, um, that's tuning in live. What what you got some food? You got a spread of food in there a little bit. Yeah, some yeah they just want food. to park in the back off Russell mm-hmm. Avenue because it's limited parking in the front. You got so. an address, Lauren uh-huh. Garvey. Uh, we got uh, 148 Sand Hill Road, and then Russell Drive is off of you're right. Mm, it's off Vermont. of Vermont. Yeah, Vermont. It's, ver- it's one of the dead end streets off of Vermont. Okay. Yeah. But if they come, uh, if they can park in the front, we can always get them. To yeah. Move message the back. message Lauren, yeah. and we'll get somebody out there to get you a good VIP parking spot in the back. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> um. So what is a so Lauren? You're here. You li- you're you're a resident. You're living here. here what's a what's a day? What's a day? A day in the life of the <laughs> agape home. Like, what can someone okay, expect? That. What is happening around here? Um. So basically, you know, I during the week I work. The girls work. Um. You know, there are some things that are required as far as like keeping up with the house and stuff. Um. If they're home, you know, I I interact with them. I talk to them. Uh, I actually had a girl. And here's the thing too. Uh. They wake me up out of my sleep if they need me to. And mm-hmm. if they and they did the other night. Uh, a girl, she came in. She was going through some personal things. Um, I'll keep it brief because that's her stuff. And um, I woke up and I just got up and I listened to her. And I listened to what she was saying. And, um, you know, when she asked me for what we can do, I, I, I gave my, you know, input on that. And uh, at that time, you know, I, I messaged Gray and Char and we worked together as a team to try to come up how we can support this girl, you know, at best and so um basically you know we're just we just support and some people time they're like well i like to when i'm talking to people i talk to a lot of peer sports in the in the uh community and so i'm always thinking like i want to i want to stand out you know and i and it's not even it's not that we have to stand out is that the house stands out and the reason is is the fact that you know that unconditional love that that extra support you know, it's not, you're just not coming in here giving us some rent money and, and doing what you do. We want to have that support. I want those girls to feel like they can knock on my door at three in the morning if they have to, or I get up at four, that's not a big deal. 11 o'clock in the night, you know, and, and know that I'm going to get up. I'm not going to be mad. I want, you know, that's not, that's not my job. You know, it's my job to get up and be there for them. And so. Which so many for-profit houses, they don't get up because they're there as a job. Oh yeah, I getting yeah. up, I'm getting yeah. up, <laughs> and yeah. I'm getting up, and uh, I've heard that from lots yeah. of people. Oh, yeah. yeah, can't find the whoever's in residence that's supposed to help, and yeah. 
I was. I think. I think for me, like the the recovery journey in the beginning was so intense. Cause so many times, I just wanted to go back to what I knew. That if someone is vulnerable enough to come knock on that door, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. I caught myself in the cuss. That's a big deal, and I'm, I'm gonna a, get I'm not that strong. And I'm gonna get up, <laughs> and I'm gonna um, I'm gonna listen, and uh, and so you know, making them feel like that support is there. You know, we also she's a LCAS, so she does EMDR therapy. She can talk more about that because I'm not too in tune about that. Me, Gray, and her all certified peer support specialists. I'm actually getting ready to take my CSAC test on March 10th. Boom. Boom. Mm-hmm. And um, so we got a certified substance abuse counselor here. Um, you know, I work in the field with people that are in very active addiction and some that are in very good recovery and in between, you know, all kinds of different stuff. And so, uh, and that's been a huge learning thing for me too. Um, and I'm, that's why I'm super grateful for peer support. It gave me that little extra, how do you approach things? But um, And I think that's something that's really changed, being a little older than everybody else here. It's changed a lot since uh, I first had trouble years and years ago. There was no peer support. Mm-hmm. A- Nobody listened to you. AA was your peer support. Yeah, right. And, yeah. and, it's, and mm-hmm. for, as far as I was concerned, it wasn't for me. It did, yeah. never did work mm-hmm. for me. And um, the, um, the thing is, is that now there's people that listen to you, like you said. They relate to you and they listen to you. They just don't preach at you. Yeah, which was what I got years ago, and it didn't work, and it just it just kept me dove me down deeper to hide what I was doing further down. And That's what so many people need is just somebody to listen to. Exactly, right. Um, right. And like people try to use social media for that, and it doesn't end up working out. No, it, does not, no, <laughs> it doesn't no. end up working out. No, because you can't tell who's crying for help and who's yeah. crying for whatever. So you know how <laughs> you know how C. Kaling does the listener training. Yes, where they teach people how to become like active listeners. It's a part of like their program. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um I, the willing hands. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> I did uh I did a podcast with an awesome dude uh Skype deal from with this guy in Australia. Uh Matthew Ball. And he runs an organization called the Humane Clinic mm-hmm. out there in Australia. And one of the things that he said that they do, which I thought was super cool, was like they'll go out to like somewhat of like think like a public place and they'll set up two chairs Hmm. and they'll have a listener just sit in one of the chairs Mm -hmm. and just like open it up to like people in the community passing by just to sit down. You want to say, right? Get it off your chest. Completely like. Act nothing, no, no judgment. Just listen. No, (laughs) no feedback. No, nothing. You can just sit down. Spill your guts, well, whatever that, it is you need to get off your chest. Yeah. That'd, that'd be tough just talking to strangers. Yeah, like but they do the same thing that they train. <laughs> they do it like a listener type training, like C. Keeling does over here. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it would be some something cool for us to do at SEC. Yeah, um, to like engage with some of like the younger students is yeah. something that we're thinking about doing down the road. Right, but right. just to be that listener, just well, to like Sunrise did that peer book. Uh, yeah, yeah, project. yeah, yeah, and that was similar. And we had uh-huh. police officers come in and uh, uh-huh. people from the college, and that was a pretty cool experience. Long, long lines, yeah. the same thing. Only where the peers are kind of like giving them a little bit of their story. But you know how many people came in like I haven't dealt with addiction, but my sister or you yeah, know, my brother, right. my my best my dad, friend, my mom, whatever. Yeah. And it was it was it was neat. Yeah. There needs there should be more things like that. Yeah. Definitely super cool. <laughs> You both, you guys, both of you guys work in the field. Is that correct? Overly worked. Overly worked. <laughs> Overworked and underpaid. Uh-huh. <laughs> what is, what is life like balancing that with your like 
personal recovery? And how do you find that that balance between the two? Because you're like you just alluded to, you're kind of always on the clock, or the phone, your door is always open. People yeah. can always knock. So like, yeah. phone too. How do you how do you find that time for Lauren? You both hit on like self care. You you both have today. I work out. How do you make it happen? Um, what does it look like in action? Well, you you know. Um, Wake up at 4 a.m. Yeah, I wake, <laughs> I wake up at 4 a.m. Um, I go to the gym. I, I have a I have a best friend, Megan, and she's great. She really helps me uh, getting like this is our time to, to be normal and to be, you know, just who we are and mm-hmm. if we want to goof around. And, and that's nice to have. Um, and I work with her, too, so it's great. Um, you know, I, I guess I I get my weekends. Um Hang, hang out with family I, i'm easily pleased you know i can be here at the house and i can do self-care for me i go to means i'm i'm part of na um working on my steps i'm actually got a step study next sunday um before the meeting the house meeting so you know i self-care by the gym and eating well that's yeah. been a huge part for me that's uh i just feel great it's been a yeah big big difference for me something i've never done before really um I enjoy it. Keeps me. It keeps me on my top of my game because really, I'm always working. Yeah. You know, you are. Yeah, you're a hustler. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I. Uh, what's one of the most important pieces to my self care is that I I do get up really early as well. Mm-hmm. I get up maybe two and a half hours before I have to leave, and um. And I do that because that gives me time. I do the same thing every day. And so uh, every day, no matter what day of the week it is, I do the same thing. I get up and I have some recovery literature I read. First thing I read is recovery literature because my my brain is, um, too, like you said earlier, it leans toward the negative. And so I've got to get myself moving in the right direction. Then I, I get I turn and get on my knees. And I try to connect with my higher power. Um, and I spend some time doing that. Um, I have heart-based meditation practice that I... Can you go into a little bit of detail on that? The heart-based medication? Okay. Yes, please. Say. <laughs> yes, I'm so grateful. I am a heart-based um, uh, therapist. And so what that means is there was a program through VIA at Mayhack, uh, Dr. Ed Rubenstein. Um, the website is heartbased.org. And he um, trains professionals, certified peer support specialists can become a heart-based specialist uh, or, you know, at levels of, he can, will train anyone, I think. But uh, it's, it's a, a way of life, really, um, so that when you were talking earlier about when uh, the stresses kind of keep piling up and, you know, it is actually a, a, an intervention for trauma. So it can be used for that. But, you know, he he talks about being swung out (laughs) and it's about heart and mind being in alignment so that, you know, they're in a happy relationship with each other and communicating with one another instead of just being head dominant. Like when I become head dominant and I'm thinking my way through life and I'm cutting myself off from my heart then I am more likely to be swung out into the caution or the danger zone. Um, and, uh, and then coming back into my heart where I can access the true heart feeling. So it's allowing, um, it's a spiritual intervention. It's the spiritual dimension of whole person care. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like Sherry says, uh, love elders ego. 
It could be. Yeah. Uh -huh. That kind of thing. It's got to be connected. Thing. Being in right. connection with one another. And yep. um, it's a way, like, it doesn't matter what you call your higher power. You you can call your higher power anything. But as long as there's a, an ability or capacity to believe that there is a, a higher love available. It could be a higher harmonic in the universe. It could be, you know, however you can connect with that higher love. Um, and we feel it in our bodies. It's a somatic kind of thing. So uh, feeling that in my body so that once I become completely relaxed in my body, it begins with a, a meditation where I'm relaxed in my body. And then it's about um, touching the center of my heart to draw attention to that. Smiling. That yeah. is like turning on the switch mm -hmm. or pressing down the gas pedal. And then just simply enjoying. I mean, it's like that's where I can any of us can experience the the peace, the gentleness, the gratitude, the joy, the love. And it's available to all of us anytime just through that simple connection. Um, so, and I spend some time doing that every day. And then I jump out. I had to put a treadmill in my, in my living room. So my husband loves it. <laughs> so, uh, Is that your alarm clock? The treadmill, thump, 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 thump. <laughs> so uh, I jump on the treadmill. Um, and Hi, then... Stephanie. Or the uh, pillowcase lady. Yeah. Oh, There's wonderful, that. wonderful. Beautiful. Uh-huh. And like Lauren alluded to, I, I have to also be careful about what I put in my body. I have to drink a lot of water and, um, you know, just being careful about the sugars and things like that. And then, you know, I have a therapist and I uh, do massage. Uh, I go down to the acupuncture, people's acupuncture clinic. So, you know, um, it really depends on what my body and what what uh, my body is telling me I need at that moment. But I have also practiced a program. My program is Alcoholics Anonymous primarily um, and Celebrate Recovery. Um, and I have a, a huge, large network of wonderful people that, you know, I can call upon and they can call upon me and, um, and I have, I have my husband available to me and my little dog Gizmo. It's amazing how I can be having a hard day and walk in the door. And when that dog sees me, it starts spinning around. Yes. And so he is, uh, he's a great source of my self care. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Lots of pieces to that puzzle. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, super. Gizmo has his leash wrapped around the table leg and he's trying to yank the table away. <laughs> Is that what I feel? Yep. Um, def very interested in those heart practices. That's something um, through Refuge Recovery that has really like been yeah. um, extremely influ influential in my process of recovery. Um, specifically, the forgiveness practice, the forgiveness meditations. Mm -hmm. um, essentially, just like a mantra. Yeah, you know, I forgive myself. Yep. I forgive you. I forgive right. others. Yeah. I, want, I want you to have peace. I want you to please have forgive right. me. Things mm -hmm. like that. And yeah. Doing that consistently. Yep. Um, so the idea with this is uh, that, you know, the forgiveness is a part of it. Mm -hmm. There's an extra yeah. level called the emotional clearing process. Yeah. And really, it's just about allowing myself to open to that love. And to connect with that love. And then the love dissolves everything that is not of itself. Yes. And so I don't have to work at trying to forgive somebody. And it's like, 
you know, I wanted, somebody said today, like, a for, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the yeah. other person to yeah. die. And so, I mean, I don't want that work. stuff. It doesn't it work. It doesn't, darn. No. And so I want to be able to walk free from all of those things that would hinder me. And I mean, that is my belief. Like, mm -hmm. if it comes down to it, you know, and um, a wonderful man, Sam Sitker, told me this story, and it's just stuck with me that, you know, the guy, I can't, I'm not thinking well right now either, but, yeah. you know, when he did the statue of David, he was chipping away. Michelangelo. Uh-huh, exactly. Yeah. He was chipping it away, and somebody was coming along, and they, they were like, what What do you see? And he said, um, you know, I'm just chipping away at everything that's not David. Yeah. And so, and that is my belief. Like, that is my challenge in this lifetime is to really just to... Uh, to, to get rid of all those things that are not Charlene. I mean, and um, for the longest time, I didn't even know my name. When I was in active addiction, my name was like Cinderella uh -huh. or, I mean, <laughs> hey, Cinder. or whatever. Yeah, like yeah, I was right. caught up with the cops and they were looking for yeah. Cinder. Yeah. And they were like, who is Cinderella? Yeah. And so it, got, it bought me a little time. <laughs> anyway, so, but just trying to figure out like, who, who am I in my core mm -hmm. of my being? Chipping away at all those things that are not me, you know, all that unforgiveness. But, uh, but it is a, a wonderful opportunity to share with others. But the essence of it is relax, smile, enjoy. That's simple, man. It and that's is. something that everybody can do every yeah. day. Uh -huh. I, was, yeah. I remember when I first read this uh, heart meditation in, in a, a Buddhist practice in uh, Theravada. And they said, breathe through your heart. And I was like, breathe through my heart? What the <laughs> hell does that mean? You know? But I sat there and I said, all right, well, it must mean just visualize the air. And it is. It works. Uh -huh. It's It sounds stupid when you first hear it. You go, breathe through your heart. I mean, you know, yeah. Breathe through your left foot. Well, if your left foot bothers you, it, it works. It really, it works. I mean, if I have a, a bad ankle, it and does. sometimes it hurts, it does, man. And, and I just go, boom, and it's gone. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah it totally yeah. does. <laughs> and the other thing, you know, just chipping away at all those things, you know, that trauma, sometimes, you know, it's still a, un misunderstood. So, yeah. you know, I, there's the big T trauma that said, you know, I watch somebody die or uh you know i was in a car accident or i was in the war those are big t traumas but the little t traumas are example given in the training is as a little girl i spilt my milk yeah. and my parent can't responded by screaming at me right. what, what the fuck's the matter with you yeah. and so mm -hmm. i internalized. i do that well <laughs> <laughs> i internalized that as um <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I witnessed that this morning. <laughs> so, so, um, I internalized that as, you, you know, eye, it's boy. not that I Walking made up. a mistake by spilling the milk. It's I'll that, right. uh-oh, I am bad. And it's those kind of shame messages that yeah. I am bad. That's the little T traumas and, and that really get stuck is, to us. The strange thing is, is you cannot quantify that between two people. I mean, that may happen to her, and she goes, yeah, who cares? You, know, you shut up. But for me, it could be the worst thing that's ever happened to me, and yeah. that's real to me, so it's real. And you know? a lot of that depends on how much other nurture other things, has been. Yeah. A, a, and right. so the love comes back into play. But, you know, the other modality that is offered to every woman who comes through the doors here is the EMDR. And that is, you know, I don't know how, how familiar you are with that or how much you want to hear about it now, but it is in a quick, simple way. It's like, it's not the kind of therapy that where you're going to go to a therapist and you're going to go to that therapist for the rest of your life. It's like the kind of therapy where you're going to dig in there and pull that thing out and you're done. Like okay. you're done. That one's, that one's taken care of. And you know, you know, there might be something else that comes up, 
but but for that one thing uh it's yeah. it's been resolved and mm-hmm. um you know for me i was run over by a lawnmower when i was six years old and so you know i had all kinds of stuff in there about that and i had the wonderful experience of going through emdr to where now even though it doesn't make sense to this front part of my brain yeah. where the trauma is stored in the back part of my brain it's like um my <laughs> husband today is there with me rubbing my face holding me honey it's gonna be okay I had, you know, spiritual higher powers present in the hospital room when they were putting the gas and I thought I was dying, like telling me it's okay. That's they're just they're just gonna put you to sleep so they can fix it. You know, I didn't know that when I was only six years old. No. And it caused separation in my family to where I had shame that it was my fault my sister was excluded from my family of origin. Mm-hmm. For all my life I've carried that until EMDR. And now I, you know, when I was in that hospital room everyone was gathered around and so now when i when i when somebody asked me shar what happened to your leg then immediately all that comes up is my husband rubbing my face my higher power beside me in the hospital room and all my family gathered around where i was not alone like it is um life changing i've heard that the, that exact statement from every person yeah. that's ever uh, yeah. participated in it yeah i've done it too mm-hmm. um, yeah do you have a do you suggest or personally um have a mindfulness practice in place with this to going simultaneously at the same time i've also heard the benefits of that like going through emdr in combination with a mindfulness practice i would say my mindfulness yeah. practice my, mine personally yeah. is heart practice, it is right? the heart yeah. practice yeah. uh-huh um i was listening to a podcast just yesterday and they were talking it was really weird it was they're actually and i'm not going to go into any detail about this but it was like um cannabis debate uh-huh. and they were they had like a medical marijuana doctor with a like pro- opponent uh-huh. to the consequences of using cannabis and cbd right. and stuff but one thing that one of the i'm not sure which doctor it was that hit on it was um we've come to a point where like in our society where the ptsd conversation um gets kind of like like I was talking about the spotlight being put on um, negative experiences, this PTSD conversation, the spotlight's all, all on the traumas that we've experienced. Gotcha. Yet we've all experienced trauma at some level throughout various points of our life. And so the doctor was, and I never heard this term before until yesterday, but I found it fascinating and I wrote it down to do further research. But he was talking about changing the narrative to instead of PTSD to PTG. Yeah. Do you know what PTG is? PTG? Post-traumatic growth. Growth. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Where you learn to grow from the trauma as opposed to experiencing negative consequences. Actually, that, that's been quite a movement within the VA, which has is basically invented and did all the research on PTSD. Hmm. And they think that it should not be called D. They just post-traumatic stress that's what they call uh, it forget the mm-hmm. disorder because it's not necessarily disorder for everyone and everyone it's normal it's yeah, normal right yeah. and everyone has mm-hmm. it to a certain extent or you may not admit it but it's there uh and some people deal with it and uh, here's my coming to park right? yeah. Yeah. yay um but yeah like I but think yeah post-traumatic a, growth is just something yeah, growth that we is all good. should yep. like I say that if you break your bone, whenever it heals yeah, back, it heals. that is the strongest point. Yeah, but it's still mm-hmm. always broken. It still always will be there. It's, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool, man. Yep. 
Well, listen, guys, I appreciate the invitation to have me out. I thoroughly enjoy talking with you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. If anybody is interested in connecting with you. There's Monday's guest is now Monday's watching. guest is watching. <laughs> if anybody's interested in connecting <laughs> with you guys, how can they um, get a hold of you? What's the best way to make contact if anybody's looking for looking for a sleepover at the um, Agape home? Yeah, you can either contact me on Facebook. We also have an Agape page Facebook, and you can also call me at 828-417-1814. Um, and then if you want to give Gray's number. Uh, you can call me too, um, or email me, my name at gmail.com, okay. Charlene Boyette, and my Charlene has a Y, charleneboyette.gmail.com. Um, or I have also a Facebook page, but I don't check it as often. <laughs> and so, or my phone number is eight two eight four five zero two nine one nine. Awesome! Thank you so much. I would, but when when we wrap this thing up, if you could share the information with the heart practice training guy that he touched on, I would love to, to pick his brain a little bit at some point down the road. Maybe get into one of those classes. I think that sounds phenomenal. So. Yeah, he has sure. offered to come here and um, give. 16 free sessions of heart-based strengthening heart strengthening um to the women who are here um that's huge there's the other one kevin what's up kev (laughs) yeah get lauren get on that lauren i cannot suggest that enough i would love to pick his brain a little bit thank you guys for tuning in to nc raw thank you to the agape home for allowing us to come over and hang out with them for the last hour and a half it's been a ton of fun Um, get in touch with either one of these two if you guys have any interest in learning more about what they have going on here in this beautiful home visit (laughs) www.ncraw to subscribe to our website you can receive this episode and every future episode emailed directly to your inbox and visit our Facebook Twitter Twitter, Instagram, Instagram and now YouTube, YouTube page. All Yay. of our videos get uploaded on YouTube. Awesome. Uh, it's just NC Raw Podcast on all of those cool. things. Thank you guys for tuning in. Y'all have a wonderful Thank day. You. Yeah. Namaste. Mm-hmm. Namaste. <laughs>